one podcast. Mining the Magic the Gathering community for salt. This is the Howling Salt Mine. It's the Howling Salt Mine. The Howling Salt Mine. Well, welcome back, everybody, to another episode of the Howling Salt Mine podcast, the podcast where we delve into those salty, salty minds of the Magic the Gathering community, find the saltiest stories, the saltiest posts that we love, put them in our mind cart, and bring them right back up to you, our dear prospectors at home. As always, I'm your host, Sam, and I'm joined by my two co-hosts, Mike and Tony. Say hey, guys. What up, what up, what up? Howdy. If I sound super bassy, it's because I'm sick. Bass. <laughs> I'm sick too, but sick of you. Hey. Oh, shit. <laughs> and I'm just sick, dude. Yo, <laughs> ew, he's fucking ailing, dude. Well, um, speaking of people who are sick, let's shout out our nice prospectors real quick. Oh, we okay. it. How about that? Is this officially our first time that we've remembered to do it at the right point? <laughs> in the I think it might be. I'm so happy. <laughs> I think nice. it might be. Fucking slay. And today we're shouting out our buddies, Hephaestus Bolts, Prime Speaker Florian, Yef Judge, and Accidental TPK. Thanks, guys. Thanks for keeping us going over here at the mines. And I hope you love all those custom tokens I've been sending you. I've been loving seeing those come out uh, on like Twitter and stuff as you posted them. It's been great. It's been really fun, man. People are kind of losing their minds over it, and and <laughs> I dig it. I mean, because they're fucking sick. <laughs> yeah, there's like something about being an artist and and just assuming that your art is shit. Yeah, even when people tell you it's good, and that's just like that's just how it is, man. That's just the grind. That's just yeah. the low self esteem grind that I'm on over here, twenty four seven, right? Three sixty five. There's some things that I don't want your head to grow big over, but like your art isn't one of them. Well, <laughs> thank you. One of the ones where like. True. You done dig good, son. You did good. I appreciate that, man. Thank you. And by that, I, I mean, actually, that. you fucking suck. Your art is trash. Like, <laughs> I knew it. Get back to the it. grind and do more next month. Yeah. I was going to say, no matter how many likes it gets, doesn't mean it's good. Just yeah, remember I that. You know? it. I, I see, I, I knew. I knew. <laughs> I knew all along. <laughs> hey, you know what really sucks? Uh, fucking when shit like breaks in your house and you have to fix it yourself. It's the worst, mm. dude. It is the worst. Well, it depends on what it is. It feels like it always starts as something that should be simple. And yet oh somehow. God. Yeah continues to grow into some like ridiculous problem I, and i i mentioned this because i have the thing that is broken like on my desk sitting in front of me because i was googling about it mm -hmm. earlier so can you show it to the class here yeah let's see. hold it up for the class Ooh, it's dripping Oops. water it's dripping yeah, water it is you. dripping water on you <laughs> i like where this is going so people will find out what that is in a moment so the other day i was like we, we've got a shower on the third floor and I'm up there showering and then suddenly like the shower, just like, like the little dongle thing that the diverter, 
now I know what it's called. <laughs> the, the tub diverter. That's how you Whoops. really know when you start knowing the terminology for this fucking oh. shit that like nobody knows. I'm aware of the term. Yeah, I'm like, man, I have to learn all this stupid shit so I can fucking fix this thing. So the diverter just flips while like mid shower and the tub just turns on. And I'm like, don't do that. Like, Uh-oh. go back. So I flip it back. It like fights me a little bit and finally it stays. I'm like, okay, that's kind of weird. The next time I go to use the shower, it's just not fucking having it. It's not going to convert to the shower. It is just 100% tub time. So, so did you take a bath? I did not take a bath. I'm not what? a bath guy. <laughs> Your house was telling you to take a bath, dude. Your house was like, Sam, these showers aren't cutting it. You don't really you get clean in a bath, bath, man. It's not the same. You just like soak in your filth. I don't know. So, so anyways... I'm like, okay, we got to fix this thing. And like one of my friends is coming to stay over in a couple of days. And and like the third floor is kind of our guest area because it has a guest room, has its own bathroom and shit like that. So I'm like, man, I got to fucking fix this thing. So we go to try to fix it today and I take it out and I'm like, I'm reading online about like what makes diverters all fucked up. It's like, oh, it could be like calcium buildup. So I remove the whole thing, soak it in like vinegar for a couple days like cleaning vinegar you know all-purpose cleaning vinegar and shit does that dissolve calcium yeah it does it actually works really really well and like it's super clean now it looks great still fucking broken (laughs) it's not working (laughs) now it's a clean break and i'm looking at like diverters online and turns out like the tub faucet i have is this like fancy model that doesn't use a traditional run-of-the-mill diverter so you can't like (laughs) obviously it's like (laughs) instead of like a 30 dollar tub faucet it's like a 130 dollar tub faucet so nice it weighs like three pounds also it's like very (laughs) as far as little pieces of metal in your bathroom go it's like pretty fucking hefty man so you're getting kind of yoked while you're like i'm i'm swole now so (laughs) i keep fucking huge dude you've been you've been moving three pounds around at a time you're just yeah just huge gains with your double yoked egg. Yeah. <laughs> I, I did crack an egg with two yolks this morning. Yeah, that was also pretty amazing. So anyways, we go and I'm like, I just need a fucking faucet thing. We go to Lowe's. Hey, Lowe's, you kind of suck a little bit. Like, <laughs> I'm not going to go so far to like really dunk on you because I do like Lowe's. But man, we go to the bathroom area and the only thing they sell are like complete sets of like faucet mm. shower head and like the temperature control thing and i'm like i don't want to spend like mm. 150 200 bucks or whatever on these fucking fancy looking ones when i only need one piece right yeah, yeah. so the one piece is real the one piece is one piece. <laughs> <laughs> i love it that tony is too i hate that i'm doing it so i i fucking like what the fuck is this this sucks so i i google home depot and home depot has it my buddy, Home Depot, you know? Mm-hmm. So we leave Lowe's, go to Home Depot, which always feels stupid. You always feel like an idiot when you go from like one hardware from store one, to yeah. another one. Yeah. It always feels like a personal failing. Like you're, con- yeah. I always convince myself. Like I should have known. Or that yeah. it was in the store somewhere, but I was unable to find it. So I was yep. defeated. 100%. And I need to go off to find it at the next place. And maybe it was like it could have been, but a quick online search showed that it it wasn't. But like, who knows? You know, <laughs> yeah. I sure as hell wasn't going to ask somebody. No. Oh, no. You weren't lost anyway. So yeah, you didn't exactly. need to ask for directions. That's the only time I ask. And I'm like, where's this thing? Where am I? So we go to Home Depot, find it. Home Depot, they, they got it on lock. Very interesting, though. Home Depot doesn't have like the full sets of shit that Lowe's had. 
and Home Depot does have like individual things. So I'm kind hmm. of starting to see like the difference between these two big businesses. Hmm. Anywho, pick one up. I'm like, yep. It says it's universal adapter. It's going to do it. It looks right. You know, to my untrained eye. Yeah. Drive home. Go to like hook it up. The pipe isn't long enough. I needed like to buy another like three inches of pipe to yeah. fucking hook the thing up. And I'm like, motherfucker, I'm not going back now. <laughs> how far? How far is it? Uh, it was like 15, 20 minutes, you know? It's like the perfect amount of time where it's like, I just went to Lowe's and then I came back. Now oh, yeah. I went to fucking Home Depot. I come back. It's like, God fucking damn it. Well, oh, that's the <laughs> There's thing. no worse moment than that moment when you're like, I need to go back to fucking Home Depot yeah. again. And I had already gone to Lowe's and Home Depot. So I already <laughs> did two trips to hardware stores that day. <laughs> Like, yeah. if that yeah, had been yeah. my second one, maybe I would have gone back. But at this point, I was like, fuck it. Like, we're just not going to have a shower up here. On the flip side, now you knew it was Home Depot to go to. Yeah, so. at least that that is that is at least a good thing. The worst thing about Home Depot and Lowe's is that it is the one goddamn store on the fucking planet that I want someone to help me. I want yeah. someone to be like, what are you looking for? Like, what do you need? And I want them to be well-educated on everything in the whole store. <laughs> to be able to say, oh, in this aisle, we have these things. But you might need an extra long pipe. Because that shit might not actually work. Yeah, dude. But you never get that. I just <laughs> want my uncle to be there. My uncle Richard is <laughs> right? very handy. Yeah. So he'll just be like, hey, Sam, like, let me help you out. I'm like, thank you. I need an adult right now. Yeah, <laughs> I need an adult I can trust. <laughs> so anyways, I come home and I'm like, well, maybe, maybe I haven't figured out what's truly wrong with the faucet that I have. And maybe I can triage it. So I start doing fucking surgery on this thing and like disassembling the diverter components. And I find this like O-ring, this like blue O-ring. An and I'm like, this O-ring is ruptured. Of course it's leaking. Mm -hmm. So I'm like, I fucking figured it out. Now can I fix it? So I'm online searching for the O-ring. I'm like trying to find this thing. <laughs> Googling like crazy. Can't fucking find it. I would love if you would take a like screenshot of your recent oh, Google history yeah. and include that in the show notes for this. <laughs> yeah. Would I you... want to know so bad how you got to the diverter. I want to know how you got to like all these things. So what I did was I started looking at like just just my shower setup in general. And I found American Standard is like the the manufacturer for for what we have mm -hmm. in there for the fixtures and it's kind of this like square faucet and it doesn't look like anything i found in stores or anything i found online so i start googling like this this square thing like where can i fucking find it and i'm like searching and searching and searching and oh fuck i may have just fucking found it dude like right here oh my god <laughs> is this happening right now oh my god and it's in stock oh my god oh no nope it's not yeah, so this is what I found. Um, <laughs> so I found it. I end up finding it. It's called the Town Square Diverter Tub Spout. And American Standard doesn't fucking make it anymore. It's a discontinued yeah. model. And I was like, of course. Nice. Of course you don't fucking make it. You probably have the cleanest one of that model right now <laughs> yeah. in the entire world. <laughs> probably, dude. So, like, the only places that I, I keep finding all these, like, random, yeah, yeah, this place is, like, a local Chicago store that would have to, like, ship it to me. So I keep finding them. Thankfully, they now make one that's, like, comparable. So I did buy that. It should arrive on Friday. 
Like, I just wanted to fucking take a shower, man. Like, and you know, <laughs> thankfully we have another shower, but like that shower also has kind of an issue with the faucet. And this has raised all these questions about like, well, should we fix the other one? Well, yeah, but we need like one functioning shower at least. You know what I mean? So yeah. Oh man. I didn't want to be a plumber, dude. I just want to fucking take a shower. Yeah. Yeah. You want to benefit from plumbing, not, yeah. <laughs> not have to plumb. <laughs> I'm in that dangerous zone where like our shower, the one shower we use, we do technically have a second shower downstairs, but the shower we use upstairs, the faucet uh, for the hot water is like fucked and it's getting worse. Mm. And like, clearly like there's a simple fix. Like I could either put like some like plumber's tape on. It just needs like traction. Like it's just like the inner mechanism is like all fucked. Right. So like usually there's like a slot and a groove. It goes in Mm -hmm. and like it all is tight and nice. But over time that wears down. And when you're a dickhead and you just keep fucking like turning it to try to get the hot water, (laughs) uh, you know, that just makes it worse. Uh, And so now I'm at a point where I have to tilt the knob up to create like uh, enough like friction and traction so that it'll turn. Oh my god! Like, yeah. But it's not mine, you know. I don't like own this shit, so I'm like, whatever, it's fine. It'll make it a little bit longer. But I'm getting dangerously close to the point where of no return, where like it will, it'll need like oh, a yeah. much more serious fix than <laughs> if I just go and like replace like two easy parts right now. But I just haven't done it because hmm. I'm the worst. So I can top you there. Um, we have double sinks uh, on the third floor, same bathroom. We've got two sinks, so there's there's like a. What 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 is that door like? The hideaway door, the door that like slides into the wall. You guys know what I mean. It, like sliding door. Yeah, I do. it's the sliding I know door. What you mean um, hideaway? Hideaway sounds right. Is it hideaway, hideaway door? Sounds yeah. Right. yeah. So we have one of those, and there's a sink like in the bathroom proper, and then there's like a sink in this other tiny little room, kind of outside of that. So it sort of feels like hotel-y with like two sinks there. So for a while, I would use the outside sink as like where I would shave and where I'd do all my stuff. And then the inside one was just like toilet sink. You know what I mean? So like within a few months of, of moving into our house, the like one time I tried to turn off the water and it just would not turn off to that outside nice. sink. So something like got fucked up in like the handle, like very similar to what you're describing, Tony. And I just couldn't turn the water off, but it was only the hot water. And I was like, well, I really only need like cold water to like rinse stuff over here you know so i just reached down below the sink and just turned the hot water off like permanently <laughs> oh my god and then and just lived with it and then eventually the cold water like crapped out too so and it's just this like simple fixture to replace like i i yeah. opened it up and looked at it and i'm like you gotta replace that <laughs> so i just turned it off and every single time someone comes over they're like hey your sink's not working and i'm like oh yeah don't use that one it, do- it just doesn't work <laughs> It has been like two years. Like I've lived in this house long enough where I should have fucking fixed that. <laughs> yeah, but you had a spare sink. That's the thing. That's the thing, man. There's a second sink right there. It's like that <laughs> eh. came equipped for redundancy on that. Yeah. Like, am I really that that hard up if I just have to like take two steps over and like wash my hands? Like, it's fine. And, and I've gotten so used to it now that like when when Caroline moved her office from the second floor of our house up to the third, she was just like, what is going on in here? Like you, you're living like an animal up here. And I'm like, it's fine. It's fine. <laughs> so that looking at all this plumbing shit today, we also saw the things that needed to get replaced. And I was like, ah, I got to buy those. I don't know if those are the right ones, but I do have to buy those one of these days. So, yeah. you know, just project yeah. after project. It's the beauty of homeownership. Love that. It's yeah. A vibe. <laughs> nice. <laughs>
I was trying to think of a way to like talk about a plumber's crack and oh my God. salt. So <laughs> well, you just did but it, it didn't, uh, it didn't work huh. in my mind. I mean, clearly I'm wicked salty for doing all this stupid shit today. Yeah. Is that a transition? Did I do it? I think you did it. I think you, did you just it. did it. Now we're talking about salt. But Sam, what's salt? Great question, Tony. Salt is frustration in the game and frustration in real life sometimes. Yeah. <laughs> um, salt is from the little grains to the big grains. You know, it's been a while, it's been a while. since I just haven't defined it. And I think I'm contractually obligated where uh, I'm probably overdue contractually to just not really define yeah. what salt is. You guys fucking know. Listen to another episode. <laughs> i don't have to do it every time yeah fuck salt actually i don't want to know don't fucking yeah, tell me about don't it don't tell me let's just talk about reddit but we talk about salt because it helps us not be salty in a future game that we might play did that sound good <laughs> it sounded so good sorry folks i'm i'm sickly i'm sickly uh well do you guys want to get into it let's do it yes let's fucking hit it um, so we got a long one here, guys. Uh, Hell yeah. And it's actually so long. Usually I don't do this, but I'm going to share screen and show show Mike and Tony just how how fucking massive this post is. <laughs> oh, oh, what the fuck? <laughs> oh. oh, I love this. There's a TLDR, though. <laughs> yeah, there's a too long didn't read. And let me, let me just show you like an average one. Yeah, like, this is typical. Oh, length. yeah. This is like this is classic length. What also is the grossest thing? Let me just like let y'all know this. We may have talked about this like way, way back in the past. The way Sam fucking reads this. Is yeah, he puts it's, this shit it's in messed goddamn up. Excel in an in in a cell. And it's like the most ratchet way to try and read something. Any, like. any formatting there would be is just like obliterated yeah it, it's just like <laughs> i preserve the formatting and this one is not for formatted so <laughs> anyway let's get into it fucking read it to us all right this, this one is story time us. right now yeah, this is fucking story time this one comes to us from our buddy lisby and oh, this post yeah. is titled salty summit tales part one and mm-hmm. lisby part one yeah <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, part one. Oh, God. I'm sorry I'm, like, coughing into the microphone today, everybody. I hope it's not, like, horrible. Because I'm disgusting. I'm just going to, like, put some spaces into this before I read it, just to give myself, like, some... Mm -hmm. Oh, my God, it's so long. Yeah, you need some breathers worked in there. And to Lisby's credit, Lisby... Oh, by the way, this is a Patreon post. Uh, Lisby's one of our... Newer patrons and a buddy that we met out at MTG Summit in Salt Lake City. And Lisby, I know that you can handle the razzing we're giving you for how long this is. And you were also in your email was like, hey, this is super fucking long. You can edit it down if you want. And I didn't. I didn't do that. (laughs) So instead, we'll just goof about it and then still read too much of it. It's still read. It'll just be story time. All right. Let's hit it. Flamio Hotman. Yes. (laughs) Yes. <laughs> Solid fucking start. Yes. Yeah, good opener. Very, very good. A strong opener. The C in EDH is for salt. I was playing in a local CDH tournament, and one of my rounds ended with the head judge giving one of my opponents some salty punishments. It was the last round of the day, and after nearly seven hours straight of CDH gameplay, tensions were high and attention spans were low. 
My memory of the exact sequence of play is hazy, except for the ending of the game. I was for the third time in five rounds in fourth seat, which on its own is rage-inducing enough. Mm-hmm. Her seat was on Sithis, followed by Blue Farm, then Najila, lastly me on Blood Pod. Immediately, upon sitting down at the table, I noticed a suspicious dynamic between the Blue Farm and Najila player. The Blue Farm player recognized the Najila player and attempted to be chummy buddy-buddy with them, calling them by an alias I didn't recognize that wasn't on the match slip. This was an immediate red flag to me. I've played in multiple tournaments, and some folks get weird when playing with certain content creators, specifically when they're trying to ingratiate themselves. So Hmm. I made a mental note. Already, I'm wicked curious about who this person is. I I don't know if we find out, but we'll we'll just keep reading. The Najila player was rather eepy, and mentioned how ready they were, <laughs> how ready they were to be done with the round. We all exchanged pleasantries, resolved mulligans, and spent the next eighty minutes in one of the stranger games that I have had in my fourteen years of playing. Blue Farm was able to stick down a turn one Dranith magistrate before anyone was able to get their commander down, and the game slowly devolved from there. I was able to progress with an early Allosaurus Shepherd and Archon of Emeria. Sithis developed a Sanctum Weaver and a Heliod then got stuck with two lands and a chrome mox. Blue Farm had a decent spread of fast mana and a few lands, as well as the Dranith and Timna. Najila had up to this point done literally jack shit all game, with the minor exception of playing a Demonic Tutor and gesturing that they wanted to counter my Archon of Vimiria. However, each time Najila would tutor or fetch, they would spend an annoying amount of time searching their library. In most cases, you were allowed up to two minutes to make a game action, and they really walked up to that line with every action they made, spending as much time in their own turn just playing a land and passing. Normally, I would ask for game actions or call a judge for slow play, but it was the last round of a long day. I didn't press it, and more importantly, neither did my opponents. The Sithis player exiled my Archon of Myria at the end of my turn and then resolved Moonblessed Cleric, tutoring up Gauntlets of Light and putting it on top effectively representing an infinite mana combo with the Sanctum Weaver, and likely a subsequent win. We discuss as a table and acknowledge the position that puts us in, but none of us have removal for the Sanctum Weaver, so rip. The game proceeds with Blue Farm trying to draw interaction with Timna. EP Jeelers. (laughs) (laughs) EP Jeelers. EP Jeelers. Oh no, so cute. EP Jeelers plays a land, asks what artifacts and enchantments are out, yikes and passes to me <laughs> i rip a collector oof off the top and jam it immediately feeling good about having alsor shepherd as backup it also coincidentally stops walking ballista from sithis buying me more time hell yeah it does again najila holds priority and thinks i point out that i'm effectively forcing sithis to have to draw another land after the gauntlet if they want to cast it and then go infinite as they didn't have enough mana with the sanctum weaver to do it in one go it resolves, and I ship the turn to Sithis. They draw the Gauntlet of Light and jam a Grand Abolisher. Well, that's fucking scary. And while Blue Farm agrees, they say they can't do anything and pass priority. I look at Najila expectantly, and they pass priority with no pause. Interesting. I pass priority, grateful they don't have enough mana to pop off, opting to not cast the Gauntlets, and they pass the turn. Blue Farm is upset that Oof is shutting down all the rocks, but grateful that it was a speed bump in Sithis's turn and plays Cursed Totem, buying us even more time. I will say that this is pretty long, but it's it's written well. This is a compelling mm-hmm. story. Yeah. Edge of my seat. <laughs> Several turn cycles pass with little to no change in the board state. Sithis resolves the gauntlets, but isn't able to follow up with a win due to the Cursed Totem. 
Blue Farm was stuck on three or so lands, and the Najila player didn't progress their board. Now, at this point, the game had been dragging. The slog was real, and we were beginning to feel the time crunch. Several players, including a few of my friends, came over to silently watch our game. I was so far away from winning the game as I had drawn shit for multiple turns and had no removal for opposing stacks pieces to even combo off if I did draw it. I was dead in the water with the Dranith being out, but needed it for the Najila and the Sithis. Classic stacks prisoner's dilemma. Blue Farm begins making comments about kingmaking and shaking the game up and begins attacking the Sithis player with Dranith, asking them to block with Heliod and kill it. I tell him if he is going to talk about kingmaking and spite plays that I will call a judge as a lot of tournaments specifically have rules against purposefully or knowingly helping a different player to win. They respond with, well, whatever decisions I make, I will make on my own and they are mine. Who knows? Maybe it'll help you win. To which I tell them trying to get Dranith killed is more likely to set the Najila player up for the win than anyone else. This results in more back and forth, but ultimately Sithis declines to block, not killing it. Blue Farm then main phase casts an intuition targeting Najila. Najila asks if they should do something about it. This is an attempt to win the game? To which the Blue Farm player replies, Bro, I am nowhere near winning this game. Check out my hand. And then proceeds to show the Najila player what they have in their hand. A strong move and completely within the rules. I ask Najila if it's true and they respond, yes, they don't have it. Blue Farm expresses that they want a removal spell to help open the board up. Najila lets it resolve, and they grab a Cyclonic Rift, Chain of Vapor, and Flusterstorm. The Najila player asks the table what they should pick. Sithis isn't keen on weighing in since they're the closest to winning, and gruffly says that they are frankly fed up with the politicking that had occurred all game. I say to uh-huh. Najila that they could pick whatever, but if I had to vote, I would pick the Chain of Vapor as the Psych Rift would likely result in Blue Farm sweeping us, and this game would be much longer. So they pick the Chain. All right, we're in the second half. i'm extremely grateful as i had drawn into a cheeky veil of summer in one of my past few turns blue farm does a quick dockside count and laments about the absolute shit state the game has become time is running out and blue farm attacks sithis with dranith to which they do block with heliod this time killing it second main phase blue farm casts the chain of vapor declaring that they are tired of this game and they want to throw some chaos in it targeting my collector oof go fucking figure attempting to open the game and let someone else run away with the game on their turns. I make a case that they should hit the Sanctum Weaver or the Grand Abolisher, and they argue that Collector Oof is a better target. I tell him that unless he himself is winning, then this is a king-making move, and if they do not attempt to win here, it is collusion. They begin arguing with me that they are making the decision themselves, and the Sithis player interjects that we are short on time, and they are sick of the bullshit politicking into just play your fucking cards. <laughs> the discussion about targets didn't even last 30 seconds. I say fine, and cast my veil somewhere, to which the blue player scoffs and asks why I would want to do that. Don't I want someone to win instead of drawing? I tell him one point is better than zero, and then I pass priority on my veil of summer. Bemused, he laughs, casting a force of will targeting my Veil of Summer. The Najila player then asks what Veil does and begins to read it, while Sithis is seething in the corner. Uh, Najila passes priority on the force of will, sending it to me, and I sigh, saying pass priority on the force of will. Blue Farm says, okay, cool, so Oof is bounced. Do you want to continue the chain? I said, no, Veil is still on the stack, and flicked my Allosaurus Shepherd, explaining that my Veil is uncounterable. (laughs) (laughs) Blue Farm grabs my Shepherd to read it, and Najila asks what's going on. Blue Farm, I shit you not, replies with, no need to counter that Veil, Summer. 
And without knowing where the fuck priority is or missing a beat, Najila just windmill slams another fucking force of will on the stack, targeting the veil. <laughs> <laughs> I am fucking flummoxed. The small group of players around us audibly snicker and several walk away shaking their heads. I spun my Alsaurus Shepherd around where the Blue Farm player was reading it and again flicked the card saying loudly, okay, cool. It is uncounterable, just like we went over 30 seconds ago. Are there any other counter spells you guys want to throw at it? Yes, I was being a snarky smartass, but at this point, I was frustrated with how smug and entitled the players were acting all game. They check their hands, and eventually the stack clears. By now, everyone except me is on tilt, and Blue Farm passes to Najila. They cast Najila, because the, the Dranith is dead, and before it goes too far in their turn, time in the round is called. Uh, Najila says they don't have it with Oof being on the field and they cast a Dockside for 12 plus treasures, declaring it a draw. Collusion couldn't have been more fucking obvious. Najila shows that they had multiple win lines, but were currently stopped by the Oof and stymied by the Dranith. Sithis reveals the Nature's Claim, gesturing towards the Cursed Totem, saying that they had game and unexpectedly slams their hands on the table, yelling at us, saying, fuck you guys, fuck your politics, this is bullshit. He had the win on his turn, and if we hadn't been slow playing all fucking game, he proceeds to yell at us while he packs up, throwing his shit in his bag, refuses to sign the match slip, and walks away with his friends shouting how bullshit it is. The head judge accuses me of not signing the match slip and wants to talk to me about my behavior. I reply, nope, not me. I signed and just point to the Sithis player who is vehemently gesturing and cursing. The head judge chases him down and pulls him away to chat. I left the venue absolutely stunned that my shepherd ate two force of wills in a row and laughing with my friends who were luckily there to witness the whole thing. I don't remember the game violation the Sithis player received, but they had to skip their next turn on their next round during day two because they were able to convince the judges that their anger wasn't directed at any one player. Who knows what that fucking means. I assume this was corroborated with the other players at the table, but I was long gone, savoring the salty spoils of another game of stacks. TLDR, fuck blue, play Al Sora Shepherd, and one point is better than none. <laughs> what wow. a saga. Amazing. What a saga. I, I got to drink more water, dude. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It was long, but it was worth it to get to the point where, <laughs> like, two Force of Wills were put on the yeah. stack yeah. with an Al Sora Shepherd. <laughs> You need all of that context to understand why it's so good to be able to, to yeah. have that Allosaurus Shepherd out there. Oof. Yeah, I, that is like, what a ridiculous story. I love that. Lisby, thank you so much. And yeah. I, I appreciate how long it was. Honestly, it's was, it was kind of awesome. To, like Mike said, the whole saga, you need that setting to really get the punch. Yeah. Holy shit, man. Fucking yeah. crazy. Wow. I love the high level of salt throughout the gameplay of the game is really interesting to me. Like people yeah. making weird calls all the way through the game and you're like, okay, mm. what's that about? Why why would you do that? Or like, this is clearly not the right thing. And having someone slow playing all the way through the game as well. There's just so many elements where you could you could see how at the end of seven hours of magic, this would just be like the most gruesome yeah. experience. <laughs> Tensions are so high. I feel like the Sithis player was really popping off at the end, but to be honest, I kind of get it. Like, Dude, I, I, I totally I don't think that. they should have like gotten that bad, but like it's not like unjustifiable. Like I you never yeah. should be walking away from a table screaming and and like crying about it and like not mm -hmm. signing slips, but like 
I'm not saying I don't get it. <laughs> totally. Yeah. Like I, they were out of pocket for that, but I get it, man. Like I would be fucking pissed if I had the win and some fucking Jamokes were just fucking jerking <laughs> around on the stack with counter spells on a spell yeah. that couldn't be countered. I'd be like, what are you doing? Yeah. Pass on my turn. <laughs> Why is this your, your decision? Yeah, yeah. It's ridiculous, dude. I do want to just like go back to the start and read this one sentence again. So, the blue farm player recognized the Najila player and attempted to be chummy buddy buddy with them, calling them by an alias I didn't recognize that wasn't on the match slip. Immediate red flag, blah, blah, blah. People ingratiating themselves when playing with content creators and stuff like that. Interesting. So I, I wonder if there was, I mean, it sounds like with the gameplay actions that there was like a bit of collusion here. Mm-hmm. There could have been, right? Like, or maybe just being like, hey, I can't win yeah. the game. I'm going to help my friend win the game. Yeah. Sort of. It definitely sounds like the Blue Farm player is taking actions that benefit Najila more than they benefit themselves. Yes. And that's, that's sort of where you start to ask questions a little bit. Uh, like yeah. sometimes that'll just happen, but it's because you need something to happen. So you're like, okay, I'll remove this piece, but you know, it's because it's on my path to win. Yeah, it's your only line, and it just right. happens to open up someone else, too. Right. I wish I knew what the alias was that they called them. Oh, Mr. Pee you're, you're trying to blow up someone's <laughs> spot? You want to know who this creator is? No, I was wondering if it was like, hey, Pookie, or like, if it was <laughs> like, you know, like... <laughs> yeah. EPGlers. If it isn't EPGlers, show yeah. up. <laughs> EPGlers. <laughs> Little EPGlers coming in. EPGlers coming in. I get it. When boards get stacks out to that degree, it can be like really maddening to just be like, what can I do at all? Especially you're on a time crunch. And like you said, Mike, it's at the end of a seven hour tournament. You know, yeah. like you've been playing all fucking day. Sometimes you're missing meals. Sometimes you're just like slamming food and water into your body as quickly as you can with mm-hmm. any amount of break you have. It puts you in a weird state of mind and a fucking oof, a Dranith and a cursed totem on the field. Like that's, a lot that's pretty close to that. Holy Trinity of stacks where no one can do literally anything. Yeah. Which I do like, I, I like that. I, we know you story. like that. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I, I think, uh, it's a really interesting thing. Like having played at Salt Lake city where I saw people have issues and then need to be like talking to the judges after the event, you know? Yeah. And then, Walking into the center the next day, even we saw like people outside talking with the judges of the event. Like, I know that there are people that just have these behavioral issues. It's a part of judging that I can't even comprehend needing to like mm. do, you know, because really half of it is like being a mediator. Yeah, <laughs> yeah you would, there's that huge people element of having to judge. I can't even imagine. Yeah, it's like 5% magic rules, 95% deal with fucking people. Yeah, yeah. Be, being the nanny for a bunch of like 30 yeah. somethings. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you, judges. <laughs> yeah, like I think sometimes this happens in any game, really, like casual EDH or CDH. But like as the game starts to get long in the tooth and you're really tired and you just aren't thinking straight. We've had this in CDH games where somebody tries to tutor into like uh, even mind <laughs> sensor or something. Or something yeah. And then we all laugh and we're like, ha, like you idiot. You fucking tried to tutor into this. It was already on the board. And then the turn passes and the next person's like, all right, I'll crack a fetch. And you're like, 
we just did this <laughs> we <man>. just did <laughs> it <laughs> like that, like straight that up. definitely happens a lot and and i know More there have been times that, that happened yeah. to us <laughs> not not usually on the same stack though i would say not, yeah not usually well, like literally mid description is like that is my favorite part was that yeah. he was like well, what Al Source Shepherd does, it is like a oh, force of will, force of will, second force of will. Sorry, what were you saying? <laughs> <laughs> so overall, what do we think about the salt rating here on this one? Oh man, it's so high, dude. It's so <laughs> high. This Sithis player, salty Sithis, like yeah. getting reprimanded by the judge, slamming their hands down, being like, you guys fucking suck. Fuck you guys. Fuck your politics. This is bullshit. I'm out of here, you know? I'm curious what the like prize was and for the CDH tournament. Yeah, you you got a mox diamond. So top four at the CDH tournament, everyone got a mox diamond. And if you were number one, then you got a foil mox diamond. So pretty decent prize. It's one of those things where like like I'm sure that's a factor of it. I'd love to know if it was like less so if they get the same amount of salt or if it was like eye on the prize where like where things could be. Not that that mm. justifies it more, yeah. but I'm just curious like how you activates like you know. I don't know, fucking card signed by Howling Saltmine versus like a fucking Mox Diamond. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I'd flip a fucking table. Different people going to feel different ways about that, you know? The pricing is definitely a huge part of this. Like, That's yeah, a factor. It's a massive part. Like, imagine someone is standing in front of you and there's like, here's $700. But in order to have it, this imbecile 21-year-old, <laughs> like this, this, this stupid player next to you has to be like moderately reasonable. Yeah. And you're like, that's <laughs> what needs to happen? Like, I'm relying on that happening? And then that doesn't happen? Ugh, that would be infuriating. I think, to me, the true salty gremlin of the story is the blue farm player. Oh, 100%. Mm, they're the dude. one that just cracked from this, like, this weird, you know, interaction with this creator they may know, as well as just like being completely burnt out on the day and being like, I'm going to throw chaos into this. Like, yeah, I'll open up the door for someone winning. I'll, I'll talk openly about king making or spite playing. It's like those are not things you can do at a table when you have people competing for like serious prizing or even just like genuinely trying to compete and, and go for wins. Well, you can do it. You're just a fucking dick. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, the, the salt funneled into the Sithis player, but the Blue Farm player was the agent of chaos in this yeah. one. And it's interesting because, like, even, you know, there, there's some mention of, like, collusion and stuff like that, but it seems so one-sided. In the story, it didn't seem like Najila ever was like, hey, Blue yeah. Farm player, help me. Like, hey, yeah. like, let me help you. Maybe you can help me. It seemed like this really weird dynamic. Yeah. Shouts out to EPGlers for kind of a handling that well. Yeah. Like you don't want to take advantage of that. Maybe you do if you're going for prizing, but like that's a that's a bummer of a thing to to win off of. You just didn't see uh Pookie's text thread with Pookie. EPGPs like yeah. when they're on the side, he's just like texting them, being like, Yeah, keep doing it, bro. Like you got me. <laughs> yeah. This can't be countered, but it doesn't say it can't be double countered. So let's yeah. fucking so if, this. Now that we have two counters on it, it must be countered. Yeah. <laughs> We've applied twice as many counters as you need. Clearly. <laughs> Clearly it'll go through. To me though, this is also like secretly a little bit of a secret sugar break for Lisby. Like I feel like yeah. they didn't have an enjoyable time while playing the game, but having two things not counter your thing because of an outsource <laughs> shepherd amazing having your friends there to watch it 
having this spectacle go off in front of you like that that is at least an interesting experience how does that yeah. work in um it, i know it can't be countered but like can they put the spell in the stack does it just fizzle yeah, it just yeah it just gotcha. fails just right. does nothing gotcha it's like destroy on an indestructible creature gotcha, yep. gotcha does gotcha. nothing yeah super funny cool. man i cool, love cool, cool. that yep well how about a short one to follow up the yeah. wicked long one? <laughs> yeah, let's fucking do it. <laughs> let's follow it up with a little bit of a short one here, folks. So this next one comes to us from our buddy Steven, and this is a submission through our lovely website. And this one didn't have a title. I will say I have added a field on the website. I don't know why I didn't, didn't do this to begin with, but now there's a place to put a post title. So, Thank you. So please just, you know, from now on, uh, some people add it in themselves, but you know, if you guys got some more salt you want to send our way, you can you can put a little title in there. But I titled this one as Land Count Woes. Seems like a nice generic enough name. Oh, I thought you were still going with the title for a second and then yeah. realized that was just this one is called Land Count Woes, which seems like a generic enough name. Yeah. By Steven, for Steven, from Steven. <laughs> Love that. And the story goes. When I've shown up for a commander night at my LGS, there's a significant number of people that whine about never drawing lands and missing their land drops after keeping a two land opening hand. When asked how many lands they're running, they consistently tell me they're running 30 to 32 lands. I can understand that land count for CDH, but for a casual pod, when you're running a three color, six mana value commander, put more lands in your deck. Week after week, it's the same complaints with no changes. Either increase your land count or stop whining like a baby. That's it. Thanks, Steven. Short, it. sweet, and to the salt. You're right. Thank that you, Steven. Short, sweet, That's and perfect. to the salt. It's true. People love cutting the land, and it's the right choice until it's not the right choice. And if you <laughs> are sitting down and you're not drawing the lands anymore, it was not the right choice. Yep. There are ways of looking at your mana sources and how much mana you're going to need. Moxfield actually has a great ability to help you with that too. Like there's a section where it'll show you your percent chance of, of hitting your different drops, like the mana in order to produce that. Mm -hmm. That doesn't account for like ramp and stuff, but it can give you like a basic metric of it. And if you start getting down to like those thirties and really low land counts, you start having a really serious chance of not even hitting like your three or your four drops. So if you have a six drop commander, yeah, it's just going to be a slog. You will get it in some games. It'll trick you into thinking that your land count is fine. But those are like the games where you would be flooded in a normal game and you'll never be flooded kind of thing. Yeah, I like what you said there, Mike. Cutting land is a good thing to do until it isn't. When you're building a deck and you're playing it, you may not know that your land count is off until you've played like four or five games you know what i mean because yeah. there's just an inherent amount of variance in your deck anyways that you could be like oh sweet i drew a great hand and my gold fishing has been awesome i must be okay on 32 lands and then you play three games in a row and you're mana fucked every single game and you're like what's going on you know and and it's really about like trying to build in that consistency because like variance accounts for a lot and there's ramp and other things like that but you do need to have a certain consistency of land to just draw enough and hit your land drops. Even if you have a shit ton of ramp, you still probably want to be hitting your land drop every single turn with an average casual EDH deck. I also feel like goldfishing is sometimes 
misleading and that you often you need to be you also need to be like very strict about it i feel like i've seen some people like quote goldfish they're just like drawing extra cards like well i'll get there eventually i'm like no you can't like that's not how it works like you you can't just keep drawing until you get to a card yeah sure eventually you do that but you're gonna consider like okay you just do three cards that's three turns if you didn't have draw in your hand right it feels really short right there you're like oh it's just three cards i'm like no it's three motherfucking turns bro like it's not like it's not just gonna (laughs) happen for you you know (laughs) yeah that's like the classic fallacy of ending a game and then like flipping a few cards off the top of your library being like i was only four cards away from my win con it's like yeah Yeah. so you were gonna hit it on turn 12 yeah (laughs) very cool (laughs) yeah even if it's two cards it's like okay well instead of turn six it was turn you know eight when that happened yeah i do that every fucking time while (laughs) i yeah i i'm really good about it but i've i didn't one time recently and i'm scarred again i'm like why did i do this to myself why did i reveal that my unkeepable hand was actually perfectly keepable yeah, I would yeah. Have drawn the land you know like you can't do that to yourself Dude, i always fucking look i always uh, look yeah that that's the worst and especially when i mulligan too and then i'm like oh god damn i'm so sad yeah so i got a couple questions off this first one is how many lands do you guys put in your average casual edh deck and also quick addendum to that how low have you gone in like a casual edh deck uh i think the lowest i've gone is 33 Three, 34 33 mm-hmm. but it's in like super low to the ground decks like rafine i think was only running 33 or 34 at a time because half the deck is like one drop creatures yeah cycles through and like i like cycle through stuff so quickly pretty yeah. readily in that deck so like i need to start off with mana like i don't know if you guys have like ever watched my board states but a lot of the times like it's turned like six or seven, and I still only have like, like a couple three, lands yeah. out. Like I don't have a lot yeah. uh, going on, uh, but I don't need it. Like each turn, I could play two or three things still, but it, it's because everything's like one cost, or there's as much one cost of stuff as I can have. Yep. Yeah. On average, without even thinking about looking at what I should be doing in the deck, I think I usually say 36. 35 to 36 is like the number I will standardly put in without like any extra thought of like does landfall matter does like this that or the other thing matter i think that's like on the more conservative side i think like 37 to 38 is probably a little bit better and then 40 ish plus if you're like really like a landfall heavy deck that's like ripping shit all the time yeah definitely yeah those numbers are probably right i in my extreme laziness if i'm like just starting to brew a deck and i'm just trying to get like rough numbers of cards and i'll i'll eventually tune it like if it's a two color deck, I'll put in 17 of each of the lands and a command tower. And that's just like, okay, 35 lands. We'll go from there and then tweak it as as we go. But then I really, really do think it's just like drawing some test hands. If you shuffle up and draw 20 hands and play through them, like, yeah, but you have a really good idea of how your deck is going to at least draw hands and like how playable things are going to be. And from there, you can go up or down some lands depending on it. And the thing about going on crazy low land counts for CEDH too is since there's so much more ramp, you're you're going to hit the mana amounts that you need anyway, and you're mulliganing more aggressively. So I would generally also say like the less aggressive you are on your mulligan, you should maybe run an extra land or two. Yeah. Uh, and some that. people in casual just like being able to play almost every hand. 
you know, and like rarely need to mulligan. And if you have a couple extra lands and your commander is like a card advantage engine or something, you're you're going to be able to get there and, and it's okay to have an extra land or two. Yeah. yeah. But it's important because like in CDH, those like six to eight lands are replaced with rocks that are just free. Yeah. Like, right. That is what yeah. it is. You have those lands still. It's just that you like can play them so all in the low. same turn yeah. and use them on the same turn so that it can be like faster. Mm-hmm. Right. Like that's li- it, I think that's what some people like don't connect the dots on. No, they still yeah. technically basically have those lands. They're just like, quote, better. They're not a land per se, but like, yeah, yeah like it effectively is the same. Yeah. Yeah. They can just be played on the same turn as land for free. I'm with you guys who are like 35 to 36 is usually my classic, like where I start a deck. I should probably do 37 with some. And like Tony said, 38 is probably a little bit safer. The lowest they've ever gone, I think, is in my old Marath casual list was 31 lands. But that list was like, half cdh <laughs> i mean it was powerful but it was just like half of the deck was ramp like it was mana dorks it was yeah, yeah, so yeah. so the classic hand would be like two land and then just playing ramp for like the first two or three turns and then it's like you're kind of off to it gave is very similar but i think it is the kind of this calculation of like how much draws in your deck because like tony said with rafine that's going to pull you into more land as you go you know you don't need to have the consistency if you have this extra amount of draw that's letting you see more cards every turn you're just going to dig through more lands or it's a function of how much ramp you're putting in your deck if you're playing like a raga draga deck where you want every single creature to be a mana dork of some kind you could probably get away with like a pretty low land count because just by nature your strategy is producing a shit ton of mana or if your commander is a, a ramp um piece in its own right or like has card draw stable to it i think you can like kind of balance those numbers a little bit do you guys ever mess around with the hyper geometric calculator never you never have uh, that sounds like space travel can i info dump about hyper geometric calculators Fucking for a little bit lay it on us baby <laughs> i would love you to what is hyper geometry hell yeah so uh it sounds really complicated but it is not this is just the calculation for given a population size so like the size of your deck, a sample size, so like an opening hand of seven cards, the number of like successes in the population, so like the number of lands in your deck, mm-hmm. say 35, it will calculate your chances of getting a certain number of successes in your sample. So like a cert- your chances of getting a certain number of lands in your hand, for example. So with 99 cards in your deck and 35 lands and drawing you know, a seven card hand, what would you guys think the chance of getting three or more lands is? Don't do this to me, Mike. I, I failed my probability class. Don't try and do it probability. Do it from like your feel as a magic player. Like if you have 35 lands in your deck, how often do you feel like that should give you three or more lands? Like 40% of the time. I feel like it should be pretty often. Yeah. <laughs> I think it's like between 30 and 40. It feels like it should be kind pretty of often, often, right? Yeah. Because when I'm drawing hands in a casual game, I'm usually looking for like, three lands exactly yeah. three lands are like perfect it's only going to get you three lands 47 almost 48 percent of the time what wow damn you know maybe you have a two drop ramp piece or something or like some uh, a one drop dork like some other mana source in your hand sure maybe you have those but that's that's a thing to think about like if you have a six drop commander your chance of getting six lands in the, let's say the top 15 cards is still only like 45% chance. Hmm. 
So that's turn seven. You're still only like 45% that you actually drew enough lands to play your commander. And that's like two turns after curve, right? Or like a whole turn after your curve. Yeah, yeah. Sounds like I need to revamp my Christmas deck that I'm building. <laughs> Sounds like I can cut some lands, actually. From yeah. my <laughs> so so this is hypergeometric calculator. Sounds really fancy. You can just Google it and get to a website that'll fill it out really easily for you. That's sweet. I dig that. The things I've found it really useful for is actually in playing limited. If you're playing on, you can't do this in person very easily, but if you're playing on like arena and you have some effect that says like look at the top three cards of your deck you can put like an instant from them into your hand or something yeah you can start to figure out what your your chances are on on those and that'll tell you sometimes whether or not like a card is even worth running like if a card's only 10 percent of the time gonna have its trigger be relevant maybe that value isn't there as opposed to a different thing that like does something else so. Can you humor me that. quick and do it for if somebody slaps down an Avon Mind Sensor and you're searching the top four cards of your library, <laughs> like the percentage <laughs> chance you're going to get a, a land off of that? <laughs> uh, how many lands are e- even searchable with that? Like 10 in your deck? Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's not good. I don't think the calculator actually helps with well yeah we can do that i'm just curious if it's like less than one percent like that's what i'm curious about yeah if you have 90 cards and you're looking at the top four if you have like 10 tutorable lands that you're looking for you actually have like a 30 percent chance of, of doing it that's oh, not bad dude but usually this is happening in like cdh where you have like two tutorable lands yeah and and that you have a an 8.5 percent all right. Nice. Okay. <laughs> cool. I'll take it. Cool, I'll cool, take cool. it. <laughs> what are the chances of being able to counter a uh, veil of summer with a second force of will? Can you calculate that? One hundred percent. No shit. <laughs> nice. You're here, folks. <laughs> Shall we wrap it up? What do we think about the salt rating here on this one? I dig this, man. I mean, I this also makes me very, very salty. Yeah. For me, it's less about the land and more about mulliganing and i'm gonna open this back up a little bit i I know you're closing it out moving on to the next one tony but i haven't ranted about mulliganing in a while and everybody needs to fucking mulligan more yeah like it bugs me so much i think one of the biggest killers of fun in a game is when someone keeps a hand that is gonna be good if they draw one more land and then they don't draw a land for four fucking turns and they just sit there, do nothing. You feel bad for them. You know they're not having fun. And you have to attack them probably at some point. And and that's not fun either. You get to attack them. Yeah. <laughs> you get to attack them because they're wide open. And yeah, it feels you get to great. attack them because they're weak. <laughs> <laughs> this happened with one of our patrons in a patron game night. And and he was he was a really good sport about it. He was like, ah, oh, it's all good. He was saying some story about his friend who always attacks the weakest player. He's like, dude, why are you attacking me? I, I don't have anything on my board. And he's like, shouldn't have been weak. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I really do think people need to mulligan more. And if a hand isn't immediately playable and you don't have a turn one, two, and three plan, then it's a bad hand. And there is a better six or five card hand in your deck that you can draw. Land fish, baby. Those are better exactly. two card hands. Exactly. I was about to say it's like Mike's story from Philly. Land fish. It's not better than land fish. So you can you can dig deep, and you know people don't like shuffling. Like you said, Mike. Some casual players want it, so every single hand is a playable hand. But you got a fucking mulligan, man. And if you want to run these really tight land bases, you have to mulligan. Like that is the other 
component to this. It's like card draw, ramp, and then mulliganing. If you have 25 lands in your deck, you can eventually mulligan into a decent hand that's playable. But like <laughs> your first or second hand is probably going to be shit while you're searching for those lands. Yeah. Anyways, that bugs me a lot, man. People people be bad at mulliganing. Yeah. My, my other salty piece of this is like there's sort of a, a philosophy around if you know the solution to a problem and you continue to complain that really really gets to me and i feel like you've got people in your game store or in your pod whoever it is this complaint is directed towards that are that are complaining know the solution and are still complaining and that's just like you forfeit the right after you know the solution and then still do something dumb like run 20 lands the only thing i'll say is you know it's easier to see once you get out, rather than when yeah. you're in it. Well, when yeah. you're in it and you're like, man, the, these 32 lands, it's all it's I need. Like, <laughs> I got six in this fucking goldfish. Like, it's going to be great. <laughs> it's okay that they all come in tapped. It's fine. Yeah. These lands are I just fine. drew three off the top and there was lands in there, so we're good. Like, don't worry about it, you know? <laughs> oh, man. Yeah. Well, let's fucking round this bitch out. Let's do it. Uh, so this last one comes to us from our buddy Jared. And this is another submission through our website. And it was titleless. So I created one for it. And I've titled it The Salt of My Fathers. Mm. <laughs> and it I like goes. that. <laughs> so this isn't my story per se, but my father's story. My father was in a random pot of four. And he was running a Scion of the Ur-Dragon deck. And the main salt player of the story was running a Doran the Siege Tower deck. And the other two players aren't too important for game one. Hey, get fucked. Get fucked. <laughs> My father pulled off Sarkon Unbroken's ultimate to get all dragons from the deck onto the battlefield and win the game due to Scourge of Valkus. Two of the randoms just accept defeat and say good game. The salty player groans and mid-match says that he's going to leave to get up and vape while my dad... <laughs> Vaping is just funny, man. Leave and get up to vape while my dad pulls the dragons from the deck. After about five minutes, he comes back to the table and says, oh, well, I'll just flash in this creature that negates all damage done to me. (laughs) And then, because my dad is a newer player, he just says, okay, and passes the turn. Then the salt player plays a one-sided board wipe and wins. Game two, they're in the same pod, but with two new randoms. My father says to the salt player, new game, no hard feelings, right? The guy says, sure, but then proceeded to guide the other two players to only target my father the whole game beating him by turn 10. My father is now slightly mad, but says, whatever. They keep playing. Game three, they are yet again in the same pod with another two random players. Salt player is now running one of the Warhammer precons, and the game starts. By turn six, my dad played doubling season and Sarkon the Unbroken and does the ult yet again. The salt player starts complaining that the game ended too early and that he didn't get enough turns so that players could earn their points. Must be some kind of league or something like that. He then gets up from the table and runs over to the judge and is practically crying at this point, saying it's unfair that my father did that, that he's only playing a pre-con and it's an unfair matchup. And the judge said my father isn't getting any sort of penalty. And the salty player cried and left the store after that. (laughs) Wow. I don't know if they really cried. You know, sometimes there's some hyperbole in these. I don't know if people are shedding tears over magic. Oh, he was weeping openly. I can (laughs) tell from this story. (laughs) This grown-ass man is just like... That upset, honestly, it could be. Which is yeah, like the worst I mean, part. true. Like, who knows, man? Who really yeah. knows? I, I'm like, 
really stuck on something with this, which is the person leaving, coming back and saying they're going to flash in a creature that negates all damage done to them. And the dad just says, okay, and passes like what actually happened there? You know, like, Mm. like the way that this is written seems to indicate that that is not what actually happened. And that some rules were glossed over or some kind of hand waving was done or something like that. Hmm. I don't know. That is specifically very sketchy to me. Yeah. Like, did they just five minutes get up and dig through like the bulk box at the LGS and find the perfect card and come back and they're like, here it is. I don't know. That nicotine monkey scratching on your back. I feel like they just went out to get their vape in quick, maybe, but I don't yeah, know. I think it, it sounds like it was more like that. Could be a DMT vape. <laughs> it could be. Maybe that's why he was moved to tears later. He was just <laughs> having You've a lot God. of emotions. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> This man is the uh. devil. <laughs> <laughs> this dad here playing magic is the devil. <laughs> Judge. Illegal. Yeah. I think one of the things that is like probably a bit of an issue here is like the person's probably just good at politicking because like it seems like they got them multiple games with like it's just one of those things right where like you know it's bad when it's read to us we're like that's yeah. bad but like in the moment they were winning like they were like winning the politics game they're getting people to like target them like yeah and that's not like a feel good like i don't want this dad to get crushed but <laughs> he still came out on top in the end getting an ult there getting everybody out feels good you know should we read sarkon real quick i i am unfamiliar with this card might as well. Sounds like it has an ult that says get all the fucking dragons in your deck put it them on the board at once. And it sounds also like it's starting loyalty is more than half of its ult loyalty. Yeah. Yeah, I mean should be, right? What's the percentage of drawing a Planeswalker ulting it based on its thing in like a game <laughs> match? Well, let me just um, pull up my hypergeometric calculator here. Yeah. So Sarkon uh, the Unbroken. Oh, multicolor. Uh, cost two, a green, a blue, and a red. Planeswalker Sarkin has four starting loyalty. Has three loyalty abilities, a plus one, draw a card, then add one mana of any color to your mana pool. That's pretty generically good. Minus two, put a 4-4 four, four red dragon creature token with flying onto the battlefield. And then minus eight, ding, 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 it is double. You're correct, Mike. Search your library for any number of dragon creature cards. Put them onto the battlefield, then shuffle your library. I feel like in in magic, when someone ults a commander, they should be winning the game. Yeah. I'm never shocked when someone wins the game after they ult a commander. A planeswalker, you mean? Or, or sorry, a planeswalker. I'm never shocked and I'm always mad at myself because I let it happen. Yeah. Because I didn't swing at their fucking planeswalker. Same, <laughs> same. So the thing is, this is after having a doubling season. So these are this is cheesing a planeswalker, which is a, a definitely a little more like challenging to face like still not at all a reason to go have a full-on salty attack there but like it is it is a tough feels bad it's pretty hard to interact with uh you either have to interact with it on the stack or someone is yeah there's no removal for double doubling season in the game so okay fair (laughs) (laughs) okay fair but still you have to do that like on cast of of sarcom planeswalker Yeah, yeah, yeah i feel like i feel like there is almost an expectation from some people that they need to be able to get by with sorcery speed interaction in a casual game 
in order for things to to feel fair. And, but I mean, how much mana was that Sarkon? Like five or five, six or something? Yeah, and after a doubling okay, so season. So doubling season's also five, right? right? So either they had 10 mana or... But this was turn six, I think they, they said in, in the post. It's like... Sure, but I guess what I'm saying is like probably like oh, yeah. a turn Could've rotation, right? True. Like, yeah. Fucking do something about it. Either kill them then or remove yep. the doubling season. Get fucked, everybody. Also, Tony, you I did just here. want to point out... Um, you can always cast Dance of the Mance, which will turn doubling season into a creature, and then you can kill it with Doomblade, just so you know. Do you oh, mean Dance yeah. of the Mans? <laughs> Dance of the Mans? You're going to hit him with Dance of the Mans. Hi, I'm Dance, and I'm of the Mans. And I am of the Mans. <laughs> I think in that scenario, though, I would like walk up to you, Sam, and I'd be like, hey, Pookie, like, I'm gonna cast this dance of the man. <laughs> I snookums. Can Here you comes. you want to doom blade something when I do that? And then yeah, like, I'd be like, "Here's yeah. a crazy idea. I'm just gonna shake this game up, add a yeah. little chaos, <laughs> and uh, king make a uh, I don't know random player uh, smoochy comes over here. My buddy Tony, <laughs> As, or as you guys know him, Tony. Comes. Are you saying she dance on my mans until I doom blade? <laughs> <laughs> I'm dying. <laughs> <laughs> Talk about a doubling season. Yayo. Hey. <laughs> oh man. This just sounds like a classic salty person yeah. like at an LGS. Like sometimes yeah. it's it's such a bummer when you have a slightly salty interaction with somebody, you know, at a game store or just like at a game night or whatever. And then you just keep getting paired up. Yeah. And it's like a little bit of salt, a little bit of yeah. salt, a little bit of salt. And it's the amount of salt that in a normal game you'd be like, okay, that was a little salty, but I can like step away from it and I'm fine. But after three games of the same salty dude that you're playing against, like yeah. something's going to break. You know what I yeah. mean? Yeah, for sure. You just can't get away. That yeah. built up crust level. Yeah, exactly. That crust has built. That crust is thick and hardened. Mm, just how we like it. <laughs> <laughs> three games in a row too. Like, off of randomization we could consult the hyper geometric calculator and figure yeah. out how often that's gonna happen uh, but like actually that it that's not likely to happen so it really sucks that you just get stuck with the 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 major bummer of the event three times in a row yeah i, th- I think that's unfortunate and you know again i I am a little sus about whether this person cried because this is kind of a game of telephone where it's like your dad they told cried. you you told they us definitely you know, cried but I don't know, people actually crying in stores. How Again, old is this weeping. person? No, you're right. He wasn't crying. He was weeping. He yes. was like <laughs> sobbing. Couldn't yeah. even like take it. That's why they left. They're like, I can't be here anymore. Like, yeah. They were yeah. racked with misery. Racked what do we think about the misery. salt rating on this poor bastard? <laughs> uh, Hi. Tears. Real, real yeah. tears. Real tears shed yeah, it, over this. Yeah. I mean, real tears being cried, I think, <laughs> is just kind of ridiculous. These are real <laughs> tears TM. <laughs> like, <laughs> it's just the trademark of it. We, we don't know if they're actually real. They're not like certified organic or anything. Is it real, real tears, tears like a like a I like a visine? company or something like probably like like rotos or (laughs) probably (laughs) honestly the thing that's high assault for me is again that one fucking weird interaction that we just don't have enough information on in the first game that's weird like what happened there i think something happened there also in game two (laughs) 
they're like, hey, new new game, no hard feelings, right? And they're like, like, nah, I got some hard feelings for you, actually. And I'm gonna turn these other people against you. Like that to to start the game and be like, hey, no hard feelings. And they're like, I'm gonna fucking crush you right now. (laughs) My feelings are very hard. Also, the salty player won the first game. Like, what grudge do you have coming into the second game? It's just dawning on me now. It's like I beat you once and I'll beat you again because I'm salty <laughs> that you play that you ulted a planeswalker and I had a way out of it. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Fucking stupid. I'm glad this person cried. <laughs> well, I think it's that time of the week. Tony, I think it is that time of the week. It's the time of the week that comes every week. Every fucking week, baby. Tell me about it. Lay it's it the time on of the me. week where we say, Mike. Mike, 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 Mike. What's the salty card of the week? Salty card of the week this week is move into attack step. Gonna swing a lot of creatures. Move into attack step. Gonna swing a lot of creatures. Move into attack step. Gonna swing a lot of creatures. Move into attack step. Gonna swing a lot of creatures. Creatures cast from my hand. Made up paid for by my land. And I tapped your blockers down. And if I cast my break of day, I'll have lethal with that play. Sun Titan triggers every day. Huh. I don't know this song. I don't you know don't this know this either. song? <laughs> <laughs> Maybe you're just bad at singing. I don't know. Peaches. Ooh. Peaches by the Presidents of the United States of America. And mm. it is a fucking shame that you guys don't know that song. <laughs> this is requested by our buddy, Davey Rips. Davey, I hope you enjoyed that way more than these guys did. Because that's what genius. This is over that here. It's a genius <laughs> song. I wrote that 15 minutes before the episode. And it's so good. The it was slant amazing. rhyme. The slant rhyme is really good. Is yeah. there a slant rhyme in the original as well? No, just the slant rhyme of my lyrics versus the original lyrics is like, mm, I see. It's crispy, baby. I see. I see. Mm-hmm. Nice. Well, thank you, Sam. Uh, <laughs> even if I don't know what that song is. <laughs> <was. laughs> lovely. Truly lovely. You guys should listen to that song. It's fucking good. I, okay. Do you link the song in the show notes? No, but I should. You should start mm. linking the songs in the show notes. Yeah, because yeah. people aren't going to recognize that. <laughs> hey, <laughs> that ain't my fault, baby. <laughs> it can't be Creed every week, everyone. <laughs> or can it? Oh. Uh, the salty card of the week this week is overwhelming splendor. What the fuck is oh, that? It sounds it green. Six and two white for an enchantment or a curse. Enchant player. Creatures enchanted player controls lose all abilities and have base power and toughness oh, on one. Fucking enchanted guess. player can't activate abilities that aren't mana abilities or loyalty abilities. Hold on. I have to look at this. <laughs> I need to read this to digest it. You do. It's a stacks piece. You really need to fucking read it. Fuck this card. <laughs> so, Tony, would this make you salty? Yes. <laughs> Absolutely, yes. <laughs> <laughs> and it makes me more salty because in our motherfucking meta, no matter who plays it, because I'm not playing it, they're f- going to fucking target me. <laughs> like, I know that I mean, that's what's going to happen. Yeah. Sounds about right. I'm going to be yeah. so fucking mad. They'll be making the right decision. Probably. Yeah. And I definitely won't have removal for it. So I will literally concede in the moment. I'll yeah. just be like, that's it. Like, it, it's over. <laughs> Unless I can kill them somehow. But I don't think so. 
it's even worse that it makes them all like fucking wan wans. Yeah, like, yeah. It makes Come your creatures on. suck ass. At least yeah. just give them no abilities. It's not like nope. <laughs> this has like the fucking. Does this have the bolus art on it? Oh yeah, yeah. It's like, just bolus's yeah. horns from Amonkhet. Fucking bullshit. Yeah, or is this hour of devastation? Yeah, it's hour of devastation. That's so good. Fuck this card, Sam. How do you? What do you think about this card? Yeah, this card fucking stinks. Yeah, this is a stinky. big stinky card. Yeah. Obviously, if it got cast on me, I'd be wicked fucking salty. Because this type of card, like, I like stacks, obviously. I talk about it a lot. But you can usually make stacks pieces asymmetrical, or they're in a situation where they're only affecting your opponents, or they're affecting everybody equally, or something like that. To play something like this and invest <laughs> eight mana... To just fuck over one player so <laughs> unimaginably hard. It's like, like I'd rather, I think I'd rather get mind slavered than have this cast <laughs> yeah, on me. Absolutely. Like, like every day I would pick mind slaver over overwhelming splendor because this lets you do literally nothing. It just basically says like target player is a non issue for the rest of the yeah, game. It's just dead on the board. Yeah. Target player just needs to draw into their enchantment removal or they can't do anything. And yeah. like, because of that, I kind of think it's like a bad card also. Like, I would be really pissed if someone cast this on me, but I'd also be like, what are you doing? Why did you put this in a deck? You, you have eight mana. Cast something that's going to win you the game right now, dude. Like, <laughs> no. it, it's, like, it's like that fuck you in particular kind of situation, you know? Where it's just like, fuck this one person really hard. Yeah. You know what this is good in? Decks that get down to the 1v1 goading decks. Oh, dude, that is super true. This is really good. If you're mm. if you're specifically trying to go down to a 1v1 and you pop this out, that is pretty true. Yep. Hmm. Now I'm thinking, Mike, how does this card make you feel? You've described it already, but this is an intensely fuck you in particular card. This is like the <laughs> most extreme version of it. Yeah. And the effects that it brings are absolutely effects that we've seen in other places on the salty card list right humility was in the top 100 cards we've talked about that already nerfing yep. all your creatures losing all of their abilities it's just so like backbreaking for a format that is built around having a key linchpin creature and it hits those and it hits all of your other abilities it is ridiculous also that it's like an enchantment I mean, it makes sense that it is. It's a curse, but like enchantments are one of the harder to remove types. Like, yeah, you play this against a mono black deck and there's pretty much one card printed that like lets them deal with this with any mm -hmm. kind of efficient way. Feed the Swarm? Is there another one? Yeah, Feed the Swarm yeah, is the, the only one that I can really think of. There there are a couple other cheesy ways of getting rid of like, I think just permanence or, or making dance of the manse into doom blade. I'm yeah. telling you. <laughs> <laughs> you only dance of the manse your stuff. <laughs> no really you'd, yeah you'd have to mind slaver someone get them to cast dance of the Mance and then doom oh it. yeah you're right you need to get that player to do it <laughs> as soon as it's a creature too it would no longer be enchanting the player so you wouldn't need to doom blade it anymore yeah that's a really good point <laughs> all right all right seems like still pretty good tech though is what you're telling me <laughs> yeah it is it is pretty good tech <laughs> With eight mana, it doesn't win you the game. It just makes yeah. one player lose the game, which is a savage way of going about the game. I'm glad that it doesn't shut off mana abilities because it still gives you some kind of out. And it's all abilities like this shutting down creatures, artifacts, land abilities that aren't mana producing. Like it, it shuts it all down. 
I do think that it could stop loyalty abilities. Like, like maybe that's a flavorful thing it where is. it's like, yeah, it's the Planeswalkers are fine. But for eight mana, I want to fucking lock that player out like so <laughs> intensely. Like, so, I don't want there to be any, like there's too much room in this for an eight mana You look at this card speed. and you're like, it's not enough. Yeah, it could be worse, man. <laughs> it does everything we want it to do to shut a player off, but it's it's not enough. Because the creatures that the player has are already losing all their abilities. So all the mana dorks aren't tapping for mana, right? Yep. I don't know. I think it could be a little bit more intense, but hey, who am I to say? Who am I to say, right? I love it. Fuck this card, dude. <laughs> yeah, this card fucking sucks. Also, there's so many ways to cheat enchantments into play. Like, this <laughs> is are. eight mana, but there's a lot of ways. Nobody's paying eight mana for this fucking thing. Yeah, there's no. so many now. Like, I use them in Rafik, especially auras. So many ways to cheat auras specifically into play. Like, a lot of the old cost enchantment revival cards are really expensive. And they kind of, like, nerfed them, you know, quote unquote, nerfed them. By doing similar reprints that only bring auras back, but guess what's an aura? This fucking shit. You know what's interesting? So one of the top commanders for this is kind of an obvious choice. It's Gen Arcanum Weaver, which is one that oh, lets you yeah, dude. flip an enchantment from your graveyard into play. Like yeah. I'm gonna say double fapping Zatalpa. <laughs> double <Yeah>. fapping. <laughs> oh my god. I don't think that's what he's doing. <laughs> yeah, Gen is Gen is. is like the welder, like goblin welder, but for enchantments. But one of the other popular commanders with this is Arden, because oh. Arden can move auras on players. Oh, oh, oh my God. Oh. So you can you can move this to oh the player God, that you're about spice. to attack with your Rograk. So really, there should be an Arden oh, Gracios. So- build where they're just like fucking people in cdh yeah that's what you're talking that's so fucking hot dude (laughs) (laughs) you just blew my mind yeah i'm like stunned that's well your mind yeah (laughs) oh my god thank you edh rec yeah thank you edh this hashtag sponsored (laughs) (laughs) this segment brought to you by (laughs) yeah if if one of your friends hears this podcast and starts <laughs> running overwhelming splendor in their deck, just be like, thanks, EDH Rec. Yeah. And please <laughs> write in and tell us about this. Yeah. Yeah. Also do that. Let us know. <laughs> so next section of the game, where yep. do you guys think this lands on the top 100? Mm. Um, I'm going to guess 75. Oh, wow. I'm going to say 36. Ooh. 36. Uh, oh, it's somewhere in, in the middle. Carry the math. It's somewhere the in the one. middle. Mike gets to do complicated math. <laughs> uh, it is. I uh, One of my main reasons I'm always grateful that your guesses are like five apart is that I rarely have to figure out who is actually, <laughs> closer. actually closer. Um, but Tony takes this one. It is yeah, 51. Hold on, let, me, yeah. let me stop the recording. Uh, this is bullshit. <laughs> you want to take, take that again? Yeah, Tony takes it. It's at 51 right in the middle of the pack. Interesting. Yeah, yeah I think it's interesting. You know, humility it was at 22, which we talked about in reference. Yep. So it's less salty than humility. I think that's mostly just because, one, it's making fewer people salty, I suppose. But also the symmetry of humility does like at least mean you can't have a huge board and be swinging into someone that has just one one creatures. So makes yeah. sense. I feel like the amount of people who voted for this as a high salty card 
versus the amount of people who have actually played against it is like the biggest possible gap. Like how many of these people have actually seen this card on the table? How many decks is it in? That's a good question. This this one is in 1% of decks. Okay. Not a lot. That's not yeah. a huge percent. I mean, but it's kind of a lot. It, it's kind of a lot because we know it's not really in CDH decks for the most part, as far as I could consider. Um, and also like there's something about that percentage that makes me think that's like it's actually in that many decks i don't think anyone's just messing around and putting overwhelming splendor in some like thing they're brewing up like i yeah. feel like, <laughs> yeah. like it's in it's in someone's deck if it's if it's making it's the count very on this case decks yeah arden vile smasher is like the, the commander the deck for it. that they're running it in yeah <laughs> which must be like a curse arden build or something it's fucking really interesting man yeah it must be arden curses i like it <laughs> it's also in light pause which makes sense that's cool fucking really interesting that's that's yeah someone has this like arden curse build fucking <laughs> brutal dude put curse of exhaustion on one person and then put overwhelming splendor on another oh fucking disgusting disgusting shit well that wraps it up for the salty card of the week thanks for playing Thanks, Mike. That was a lovely salty card. And before we close out the show, we just want to shout out and thank our Salt Packet Plus Patreon members for their support. Thank you, Rothbox, Bobo Fett, Sam Power Gamer, and Clearbrook. Thanks for the support, guys. We really, really appreciate it. Your support helps make the podcast better. And thank you to all of the other prospectors out there for tuning in to another episode of the Howling Salt Mine podcast. If you want more Howling Salt Mine in your life, check out our Patreon patreon.com slash howling salt mine you've already heard that we do shout outs for patrons at certain tiers i'm also custom drawing like commissioned tokens for people uh some of that stuff has been posted out in the world on instagram and twitter at this point so maybe you have seen it and everybody hates it because they're bad yeah everyone hates it and everyone hates me actually <laughs> and my art is bad and i'm bad and i should feel bad yeah yeah <laughs> yeah, yeah. Cool. It's just what That's my mantra great. I say to myself every morning in the mirror. Um, <laughs> good. And other things that we have in our Patreon, we have a fantastic Discord community that's like bustling these days. It's been really, really cool to just see it like build and grow. It's kind of crazy. We're doing once a month Patreon game nights. We have a deck gift exchange that's coming up that is probably too late for you to enter by the time... <laughs> You hear this? No, but it's fucking cool. It is too late. Yeah, it is too late. But it's, we're doing cool shit like that. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. And why not join in January? You have a full 12 months to prepare yourself for that next holiday gift exchange <laughs> next year. <laughs> and we also have extra content, stray grains, extra salt. You guys know the spiel. If you have a salty story that you would like featured on a future episode of the podcast, send it to us at our website, which is thehowlingsaltmine.com or howlingsaltmine.com. Or you can email to us at our Gmail, which is thehowlingsaltmine at gmail.com. Or DM it to us kind of anywhere, and we'll just funnel it all in. But the website is sort of preferred. Another way you can support the podcast is to buy some fucking merchandise from us. We have our fantastic bonfire store, which has an Are You Flapping shirt on it. Lots of people are getting that stuff. That that like first round of orders has gone through, and we're seeing photos of people in their sweet Are You Flapping tank tops, their Howling Wizard Salty Gang shirts. Just representing the salty crew when you go about in your daily life. I actually have a lot of those bonfire shirts and I'm fucking wearing one right now. <laughs> and 
even if it's weird and cringe, I wear that shit in public a lot because it's very comfortable. They are comfy shirts. <laughs> like that's the problem. Like that is the problem. The sweatshirts and all those things are comfy. So like I'm yeah. walking my dog and like yeah, I've got fucking neighbors being like, "What's the howling salt? Blue's a trash color for trash players. What's that?" <laughs> I'm like, "Don't a fucking." And they're like, "Stay salty." And I'm like, "Yeah, yeah, yeah. just keep fucking walking. Like Man, it's fun." One of our patrons was at Salt Lake City and he was wearing a blues a trash color for trash people sweatshirt. He was saying, shout out to Shrevin. He was saying that he was talking to some random people. I forget where it was, like while he was traveling. And they were like, oh, is that like a political thing? <laughs> and I was like, oh, no, no. that's like the opposite oh, of no. what we want. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> oh, no. Just very funny. So, yeah. And we also have custom dragon shield sleeves you can find on our website. Go check it out. We got a bunch of shit over there. Also, another way you can support the podcast is to give us a five-star review in your favorite podcast app of choice, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, whatever, whatever you got. That really does help us stick out in the algorithm and helps people find the show. Lastly, but not leastly, we got to shout them out every episode, our amazing podcast artists for gifting us this beautiful podcast art that we rock every week that I got on my shirt right now, J.D. Burnett. If you guys are ever in Asheville, North Carolina, hit him up and get a tattoo. He's a really cool guy. 10,000 subscribers are bust. Indeed. <laughs> well, thanks, everybody. And stay salty. And don't forget to draw an additional card during your draw step. It's the Howling Salt Real quick, can you hear what's happening behind me? No. Only when you talk, cool. I could. Yeah, right. I heard like something really slight, but like barely anything. Why? What's Definitely just on? has like some friends over and they're down here now and chatting. So I'm just like, I'm trying to be conscious of like, do I need to mute a bunch or do I, is it like fine? What if you just like told them to, you know, pipe down? Fuck off. <laughs> uh, I hey, could try that. Kids. Nice simultaneous entrance. Hey, 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 that's what she said. Hey. <laughs> what? Um, what was that? I said that's what she said. Nice. That's a good one. But with lots of... <laughs> yeah, I said that's what she said. <laughs> oh, nice. Even better. <laughs> yeah. Oh. oh. <laughs> yeah. 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 <laughs> <laughs> can't activate any abilities that are not managed or low abilities say that again on anything i can't activate any of the loyalty abilities we can't activate mana abilities the spundo is widowy overwhelming <laughs> 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 oh man now i need to put this in a deck just so i can say that in real life 